Welcome into the walkout edition of Hear That Podcast. Growling, as always, Paul Daner Jr. and Jay Morrison of The Athletic here with you. Although it's weird. It's very it's very weird. I'm at, I'm at the homestead back in Cincinnati. Jay, you are in a coach's booth in Buffalo. I'm here on Baby Watch, right? It sort of reminds me when are – you, are you an Apollo 13? Did you watch, ever watch Apollo 13? I have not, no. But you ever watched them? It was that's a classic movie. I've missed well, a lot of good movies. You did. <laughs> you did when you when you were on mullet benders in the nineties. You missed all of these good movies. But there was it reminds me this this whole day has reminded me of that scene when like uh, uh, they they Gary Sinise is supposed to go up in Apollo thirteen, but they think he might get like. Uh, the, the measles or something like that and so they make him stay back and then obviously the ship goes to all hell and then he has to come in and sort of help talk him through how to fix everything and uh then they get they find, when he finally does show up to talk to him for the first time they go so uh how's the measles and he's like no sign of them you know so but you're just still still just sitting there back on earth and i felt like we have no sign of baby here but i'm just sitting here watching the watching the spaceship crumble and, and all the pieces go flying off into earth in that first half thinking like this is just about i'm this is my gary sinise moment that's what this is did megan watch the game you would think the frustration from the game would have like sent her into labor <laughs> no oh no first of all she would never get so worked up over over a football game no uh she was she she was on toddler duty uh i'm just i'm just here just in case i, I had a full staked out setup in the basement but very, very odd to not be at the stadium. I gotta say, I'm I'm very shook by it. So I'm trying just to, you know, stay stay focused. But anyway, let's talk a little bit about this game, um, which was an ab. It really was. What a train wreck of a first half. The fact that it was even fourteen to nothing, uh, was uh, was crazy. Was was absurd that the Bengals could even have stayed within shouting distance at that point to even stage the sort of comeback that we saw in the second half. Yeah, second week in a row, they were down by 14 at halftime, and this one just felt totally different. Um, it, it felt like way more than than 14. Um, they, I think one first down in the first half, uh, yeah. 0 for 5 on third down, 76 yards, and I think uh, 33 of them were on the a final play when they, they – they couldn't throw a Hail Mary because it was so windy um, that they just had to try a, something down the field. It looked like they may have had a little a little chance to do a, a lateral there, but they didn't. Um, but they they got the offense going in, in the second half, but it just – I don't know. it. You, you can't – a team like this can't play like that in the first half and expect to even be in a game. I, they, they were lucky to be in this game at the end, um, but it's it still it, – it, it has a, a very different feel – than, than last week's loss for sure. Yeah, I, I would I would agree that I mean there's it's hard to feel as helpless as last week. I mean where just everything mm. was was so awful, but I mean you you can't be that bad. You just can't be that bad. I mean you're you're exactly right, and it's the key is that the fact that the Bengals were even able to stage a comeback is really partially on the Bills uh, for not being super crisp themselves and botching a lot of opportunities. And, and the Bengals' defense, I will say, you get a bright spot from that. In seeing, they were put in a lot of tough spots. They were playing a lot of snaps on a hot day. They were short. They were short people. I mean, they they basically had twenty one active defensive players today 
uh, because even some of their some of their active like Carl Lawson was not playing, uh, but they just had so many hurt guys that they had to have active guys that weren't really going to play. So so they're they're down players, and they they were able to keep it close, make a couple of plays, even get some turnovers and things like that. But the complete first half debacle from the offense is is really what we can break down every so many other aspects of this game. It's just brutal. It's just brutal. You can't in any scenario have that and think that you're just gonna find a way to stage a comeback on the road uh, and and win that game. You just it's just not gonna happen. What was most surprising is what's the issue been all year is no run game and that. The, the few times they ran it, they did pretty well. I think Mixon it was uh, averaging 4.4 yards per carry in the first half, but he only had four carries. I mean, it was just three and out, three and out. That, that's what Zach said in the post game. They just couldn't get any rhythm going. And I, I did think if there's one thing to be encouraged, it, it, I mean, the, the numbers didn't end up good in the run game, but at least it, it wasn't as ugly as it's been in the, the first two weeks. It looked like Joe got a little bit of traction. He had a couple double-digit runs in the in the first half. Um, he didn't – I think his high for the year was nine coming into this game. So there's a little something to build on there. But, yeah, just the, the, the fact that the offense couldn't do anything else. And, and it all started – how did it start? A John Ross drop on the very first play of the game. And, you know, we – we praised him for kind of putting that behind him in Seattle and coming back and making a big play. And he never really seemed to, to rebound today. He, he dropped the ball on first on the first play and then he lost a fumble and he just, he, he wasn't that big of a factor in the game at all. Not to mention one of the biggest plays of the game, which was the missed connection down the sideline right before halftime um, where Andy sort of overthrows him or John doesn't take off. He kind of, stumbled coming out of his stutter there whatever that was it was open it could have been six and it was another missed opportunity and you know this was on the whole there was that that portion as the as the Bengals came back with those the three straight scoring drives Andy was getting into a little bit of a rhythm there he made a few more than a few nice throws but on the whole a really rough day for him and and I gotta say the throw that is the final interception, you finally get some protection. You get an open passing lane. You have a receiver whose radius is the International Space Station in Auden Tate. And to throw it that high and behind, it's just, it, you just can't, that's just not a, a where a throw can go there if you're going to be one of the few key pieces that are being counted on in this team. And it's that it's that's a tough throw to swallow in the big picture of the season because th- they did have it rolling offensively and you did kind of get the feel that man they're they're moving right down here and can be able to stick this thing in and to have a throw like that be the reason that it stops boy there's a lot of things that you can take um but a total unforced air when you weren't even under pressure to a guy like that is a tough one to swallow yeah, because I mean, we we've seen Andy throw picks before, but a lot of times it's he's under duress or he's on the run, and there that that one was just that was right there for the taking, and and Auden Tate stepped up and he took the blame in in the post game in the locker room. He, he said if he touches it, he should have it, but clearly no one is is thinking that, and and Andy Andy put it all on his shoulders too. I mean, he just he, he's got to make a better throw there, and the, it, Tate really. 
I mean, he was huge on that drive. He he had he drew the pass interference on the third down to get him their first first down and get him going. And then he had a couple receptions right before that. This really looked like it could have possibly been a breakout game for Auden Tate, and and it it very well could have if that throw is on the mark. I'm trying to remember where it was. I want to say it was around the 12 or the 14 where he caught it, and they they would have had 21 seconds, or they they would have about 15 seconds at that point. A couple plays to punch it in there. And just for for the for the game to end like that, I think that's a lot of where Zach's his his post game demeanor. I mean, he was loud and and it was it was more supportive than anger, but he was railing on everybody's got to stick together. And you can see where you know the the offense plays terrible, the defense kind of bows up and, and keeps it close. The offense comes back, takes the lead, and then. The defense blows it. They gave up a 49-yard pass right after they had taken the lead. Uh, so there was there was a lot of chances for for finger pointing there, and, and uh, I think that was Zach's message: is they need to stick together, and that eventually the breaks are going to go their way. But uh, you know, maybe that was what it was. Maybe it sunk in with Auden Tate, and he's like, "Yeah, I." He he went ahead and just he put it on himself. That's a, a young guy trying to step up and be a leader. Yeah, and he can say that. That's fine. But we have eyes. You know, I mean, we know. we know that's not that's that's not a play that Auden Tate should have to make, nor is it on him to make. I mean, and if AJ Green is running that route, you're not asking AJ Green to make that catch, and nor nor are you probably expecting him to make that catch. I'm not I'm not putting that on on his shoulders. I was curious, what did Tate say about the hold on the kickoff return? He 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 has no idea. He went up and asked why it was a hold. He his hands were inside, and he said the the guy I can't remember who it was that he was holding, uh, but he turned to kind of chase Darius, and that's when it looked like he had a, a handful of jersey. But he was adamant that 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 was not a hold. He did not understand why they called it. Um, Zach kind of deflected, said you know he he needed to he hasn't seen the replay and he, he needs to look at it on film. But um, it, it I don't know it. On, on one angle, it looked like he did have a handful of jersey, but what they've been focusing on this year is, you know, as long as your hands are inside the framework of the body, you're okay. And it, it certainly looked like that was the case with that block from Auden. At the very least, that is one ticky-tack call for on a yeah. kickoff return. I mean, how many times do you see things like that? And that's fine. And it's not the reason. I mean, I, I sort of open with the reason they lost. Right. I mean, you can't you just can't be that disastrous offensively for an entire half. But holy Moses, I mean, that that is it, it, well, first, it's an obvious game changer. I mean, whether you look at the final score, whether you look at how close it would have it would have been at halftime, whatever, it, it changes the entire dynamic of the game. That is an that's, it's just a, it's just a bad call. And it happens. You got to overcome it. But it's not normally that directly related to points of what would have been a you know whatever an eighty yard kickoff return for a touchdown. There 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 were certainly a fair share of calls that go against the Bengals today. But all that said, those are the types of things you got to overcome. And you can talk about you know I, you know they're not getting any breaks and you know they're missing Cordy Glenn and Jonah Williams and AJ Green and 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 all of this all of this stuff, but. They still had a game right there in front of them, and you you know you mentioned it. I mean, 
I, I, here's here's my take on on where uh, uh, this team sits three games in, and part of this is to be expected, I think, when you have a new coach and all the new stuff going on. But that is running thin a bit. That that we can start to throw that out the window as as we start to get three four weeks in. But this team does not know how to win right now. They've had an opportunity to do it twice, and in key moments and in the biggest moments when it's been winning time, they have looked lost they have not been able to execute and that's across multiple two games now that were really close and, and both of them where you saw things that have been working well fall apart not making the plays in the big moments that is something that a team can learn and can develop but you wonder how long that's going on and if in really in the big picture of this season I mean how much it's already really cost them I mean your fall to 0-3 we know those stats we ran through them earlier this week It'll be an interesting development to watch over the next few weeks because they're going to ha- be playing other teams that also seem to be struggling figuring out how to win. Uh, when you go Pittsburgh now, who is also 0-3 on Monday Night Football, and then you get Arizona at home, who uh, is uh, 0-2-1 with their one tie and got beat by uh, Kyle Allen and the Panthers today. Meanwhile, the three teams they just played uh, are all 8-1 and now combined in the season. So it... They they need to figure out how to find ways to win and be a winning team, and perhaps they can do so against a couple of teams that, you know, haven't really seemed to figure that out either. I don't know, but it, to me, that's it. Seems like it's the blind spot that we're looking at with this team right now. Yeah, I mean, it really seems like next week is pivotal because if if they beat Pittsburgh and do it in prime time, you know, you kind of joked about this when the schedule came out, where they'll they'll start building the, the statue for Zach right off the bat, but. I mean, if they can do that, if they can exercise those past demons and, and beat the Steelers and do it on Monday night and say, yeah, we're one and three, but look, we were in position to win games on the road. We had fourth quarter leads on the road at Seattle, at Buffalo. I think that's that's a kind of a point where things can turn around and, and this this team can start going in the right direction. But man, if they go to Pittsburgh and, and get beat in any fashion, whether it's a blowout or it's another game like we've seen their first two road games where they're in it and then they just can't figure out how to finish it. I, it could be a, a really just the complete opposite. Just this, the, it, things could go south. I mean, they're already going south, but they can go south in a hurry. If, if all of a sudden this team is zero and four and that fourth loss came to a team that was also winless. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think if we're looking at any potential relevancy, I, I do take <laughs> I'm I'm tr- and maybe it's a silver lining thing. I just I keep trying to see the big picture of this season because I think it is a little different when you have all the change that they've had with the staff. I know people get sick of hearing that and they just want to, you know, same old Bengals, old day, all that stuff. And and I get it. I I do see there to be hope in that I I think we've seen potentially that the defense is not as bad as you think. I, I do think that there is talent enough to win games offensively. I do think they can figure it out. I do think they've played you know some of the tougher games that are going to be on their schedule and have a lot of winnable games in front of them. And look, will this team not be judged by how they play in their six divisional games this year? 
Now, that doesn't mean that they've shown that they're good enough to win games in this division consistently, but the division doesn't look great. Um, we're recording this before Cleveland kicks off against the Rams, but, you know, uh, Baltimore seems solid. I mean, it's it's they can take their lumps and figure out what's going on and then and now start playing you know what do they look like in the in AFC North play and, and can they can they go and win a game of Monday football against Mason Rudolph uh you know i i think there is some optimism in that that i i, I don't think they're a total lost cause they don't look like a a, de, a derailing train in my opinion yet I think they're off the tracks a little, but I don't think they're derailing and crashing yet. I and and I don't think that we can, we should judge them that way necessarily yet again. But that's with these two winnable games, you can certainly you know you can certainly uh, crash into the building and set it all on fire really quickly these next two weeks. And when we went through and did our our week by week picks, we both had them sitting one and three after four games, and and then. Both of us had them fighting back to five and five, um, so that's that's still all right there too. If, if they can, if somehow get a win against Pittsburgh, but it, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't know what to think about this team because you, you see it a lot of times where, where teams let these games get away early and they, they never recover. And I don't know what, whether this team with the young staff and and all that if. if if they can recover, you know, it, it could, it could go bad really fast. And right now everybody's still is staunchly behind Zach and saying they have faith in him, but, but how long does that last? If, it, if the losses start mounting and um, one thing I'm going to switch real quick here, but one thing I, I did kind of, I was not surprised by, but I thought Tony McRae and Darius Phillips both played pretty well today. Um, and it, it, they were running a lot of guys in. We saw more Jermaine Pratt than we've seen all year. We saw Renell Wynn ran more than we've seen all year. Josh Tupo got a start. Like you said, they only had 21 defensive guys up. So just the fact that they were they were cycling guys through and the defense played that much better than last week, I think that is encouraging. Yeah, and Geno Atkins was a was a beast today. And yeah. You know, I, there's there's so much dumb stuff, though. Like, you know, the 12 men on the field at the PAT is just brutal. You're burning another timeout because you got too many guys out there, you know, mixing lines up, covering up the tight end. You get all this just dumb stuff that was happening all day, too, that really costs you. And, and you know, you can sit there and we can talk about all this other stuff, but it's like you just can't be that sloppy and you can't – it goes back to where this whole thing started. You can't look that lost and totally unprepared uh, for an entire half, you know. And and you know your defense even saves you a little bit, but they certainly weren't perfect in the first. You just can't, you just can't be half a team. In the same way with Seattle, you can't, you know, you can't not finish that game. You 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 can't out out gain the other team by 196 yards and lose because you squander opportunity after opportunity. You've got to make good in the in the plays in the big moments. You've got to make good. You can't blow those, and you know you can't show up and and only be good for a half. This games are going to be close in this league, and teams are going to come back in this league. And and the good job, good effort doesn't work. It doesn't play. And you know you, you at some point you've got to just be good. 
and you've got to do it for a whole game. And you know that even when you do that, the games are going to be close. This is the NF freaking L. That's the way it looks. Games are close, and you've got to find ways to win. This team doesn't know how to do it right now. Maybe they'll figure it out. Maybe they won't, but you certainly don't do it by looking completely lost for a half, and that's what kills them. Not not calls, not, not even Andy Dalton's final throw, uh, not – uh, Dawson Knox illegally tossing by the face mask and crown of the helmeting Jesse Bates. None of that stuff that pe- that often fills up social media has anything to do with the fact that this team came out and laid an absolute giant massive egg and looked lost for a half, and that's the reason they lost. And until they can fix that stuff, uh, they're going to lose a lot more. But maybe they, maybe they're not. Maybe they are going in the right direction. There's enough positive to think they can start to put things together, but for right now, that's who they are, I think. I mean – you talked about how things could have looked different if, if they don't call that penalty on the kick return. Just just like you said, the horrible 12 men on the field for the extra point. Buffalo, because they get the free, the extra yardage, they go for two and they get it. How much different would the game have looked if, if Cincinnati's going down at the end of the game only needing three instead of a touchdown? Um, you know, maybe maybe they're a little more conservative in that spot and Andy's not forcing the ball into, into Auden Tate. All these different things can can kind of happen there just because one little mistake like that ends up costing you one little point that ends up being one huge point. And, and Zach admitted that was just a communication error. And we, we saw that on that play. And then we saw it again where they had to burn a timeout because Andrew Brown was uh, late getting off the field. And they, they certainly could have used that timeout on that final drive as well. That, that play with Andrew Brown was early in the second, early in the second half. So yeah, just little tiny mistakes that, the team shouldn't be making uh, this, I don't want to say this far into a season, it's still the first month, but that those kind of things can't be happening when you have a team with no margin for error whatsoever. Yep. Uh, I'm not burying them yet, burying them yet but, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're certainly um, the dirt. There's, there's, there's a shovel involved <laughs> and uh, and like there's there you know the person's laying there i you know the way maybe a couple of scoops onto the feet uh at this point but yeah that w- there's a lot to be learned from this season but i think if we're talking i'm, I'm really curious to see what their record ends up looking like in division play with considering how that is how they've sort of taken their lumps now in these in, in these non-conference games and we'll find that out soon enough We'll talk about that. We obviously have a long week of talking about a lot of things, including trip to Pittsburgh, primetime demons, uh, lots of good stuff to, to come with this week. I'm sure we will be filling plenty of headlines. So, hope everybody stays with us again. We'll have uh, we'll have the uh, we'll hear that podcast growling uh, on Tuesday morning. The the full edition. Uh, happy to have both of these free uh, for you on iTunes and then uh, behind the paywall our Thursday uh, game preview of course uh, where we'll be uh, talking to our folks good friends in Pittsburgh uh, and uh, Joe Goodberry on film review and all the things that we do every single week so any other thoughts from Buffalo beautiful Buffalo you lucky lucky you got it uh, in September and not in December this year I'm just fired up for this six and a half hour drive back through the night tonight yeah are you really gonna do the night drive I'm going to go as far as I can, and and I'll pull over and get a hotel when I get tired. But I have a feeling once I get to Columbus, it's gonna it's just going to be a power through and, and just get home. Oh, you're going to have some like some of that like bad Speedway coffee or something like that. It's going to be in your future tonight. That's a bad day. 
that's I'm used to it. Every vacation we take, uh, we drive through the night. I do the whole thing. Everybody else sleeps. I, I love driving when there's no other traffic and no cops on the road. I probably just jinx myself or a ticket on the <laughs> way home. Totally getting a ticket for going one ten <laughs> in the seventy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, say hello to the five zero in uh, Erie for me. Uh, I look forward to that. We will. We will. Uh, let everybody know. Throw, throw your bets down now at Pudding Jr. at Jay Morrison ATH. Uh, will Jay get a ticket tonight? And we'll update you on the Tuesday pod uh, for sure. So good luck to you out there on the roads, Jay. <laughs> All, right. All right, sounds good. We will uh, we will talk to y'all uh, y'all next time. Have a good one, everybody. Mm-hmm.